In the name of the true and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I found that tracking time can be tricky in these days of the pandemic, but I know, as Brenda said, that last Thursday marked 40 days since our Easter Day celebration because we kept the Feast of the Ascension. And St. Luke tells us in his Gospel and in his book of Acts that we've been reading as a parish during Eastertide that for 40 days after that first Easter morning, Jesus showed himself alive to his friends before returning to the creative source of all that is. This is earth-shifting news. News that is met with amazement and trembling. He has trampled death underfoot by his own death. Jesus' outstretched love has triumphed over meaninglessness and darkness. His way of peace has overcome the violence of the world. When it looked like it was all over, when it seemed that the peaceable kingdom of heaven was only a dream, and that only the violent kingdoms of this world have the last word, just when the beauty of his vision is smashed by the ugly scourge of the state's death penalty, he is vindicated by the mysterious power at the heart of all reality. So from now on, to speak of the great mystery we name as God, to speak of the source of all reality, is to speak of the life and the love and the death of Jesus of Nazareth. He is the will of God made flesh. And it's in the middle of history, in the middle of our history, that he's been raised from the dead and ascended to the kingdom of heaven. And that was not only then and there, but it is here and now. Friends, this is the heart of the matter for us, for the people whose lives are shaped by Easter. Jesus is Lord here and now. And we are summoned if we continue listening to his voice to follow him, to serve him, and to love him in all things and above all things. And as we set out to serve him as citizens of his kingdom, what that will look like is his love and his justice rolling down from heaven like a mighty stream through us into the kingdoms of this world. To be sure, this is an urgent call in every age, but especially now in our days, because the explosive news of Easter, that Jesus is the ascended Lord of heaven and earth, is too often weaponized or watered down. It's weaponized by people and groups who want earthly power and control, so they strip Christianity of its true meaning of outstretched, sacrificial love, and use it instead as a way to pit one group of people against another, 
for the sake of their own advantage. Typically, this takes shape in the form of a strong man. They empty out the contents of historical, sacramental Christianity and bend it to their own will. And some people follow along. Jesus warned us of this when he said, people will come in my name and deceive many. In response to the deceivers, and we must have a response to those who weaponize the gospel for their own means and get the message wrong, well, some soften the particulars of the Christian, of the Christian message and make it so amorphous that it can't make any real demands on your life and your allegiances. It can become such a formless Christianity, skeptical of all doctrine, and so relativized that it can't change you and save you with the amazing grace of Jesus Christ. Emptied of particulars, it doesn't have the power to form a band of disciples who go about turning the world upside down to make it more on earth as it is in heaven. Here's an example. In 2015, just a few weeks before Easter, British Prime Minister David Cameron was speaking on an evangelical radio program, which is to say he had the permission to be a bit evangelical. And he articulated that for him, the central message of Easter is kindness, compassion, hard work, and responsibility. All of that is nice, and we would do very well to double down on kindness and compassion in the midst of a global health pandemic and an economic crisis. But this is a long way from the explosive message of Easter, that Jesus is risen from the dead, and as the crucified and risen one, he is the ascended Lord of heaven and earth, and that his way of sacrificial love is not just nice, it is the pattern of true life, and it is at the heart of all reality. If the resurrection and ascension of Jesus are only metaphors or interesting symbols, then tyrants have nothing to fear from it. But if it is true that the living God has acted in this particular way in history, well, then it has the power to change the world. And the strong man's tyrannical rule is up. It's not an accident that 20th century tyrants moved quickly to eliminate those who proclaimed that Jesus is Lord. Because if you claim that Jesus is Lord, then that means that the tyrant is not. And it is by the same token, no accident, that some of the greatest activists on behalf of social justice in the last century were ardent believers in the resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. Bishop Tutu, Dorothy Day, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and Martin Luther King. So what has all of this to do with us in the midst of a global health crisis, facing incalculable loss, and yet another wave of economic uncertainty? We know that this trying season has acutely laid bare the devastating inequality 
at the heart of our way of life. It's also revealed how much we depend on one another, and what a gift it is to simply gather together and share in life. This painful time has the real possibility, but only the possibility, of forging new ways of life. And the words that we hear this morning in our reading from Acts are Jesus' last words on earth to his church. And I think they're just the words we need to heed as we seek to walk in his love and courageously shape the kingdoms of this world to more closely align with the kingdom of heaven. Jesus tells us, tells us, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Friends, in this time, we need to pray earnestly for the Holy Spirit to come like a rushing wind and like fire at Pentecost. Because in the days ahead, we as the church, we will need divine power from our ascended Lord. We'll need his spirit in ours so that we can be about the work of the one thing necessary, the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We'll need his spirit to hear afresh his radical call to equality, and we'll have to be honest about where we resist it. We'll need to rediscover his preferential option for the poor, his call to serve the least and the last and the lonely and the forgotten, as if we are serving Christ himself. We'll need to recommit to loving one another as he loves us. And how would we serve Christ? Not only with a cup of water, I hope, but by building expansive communities of outpouring love where we couldn't even imagine someone going hungry or being without adequate resources or being forgotten. Friends, a new and better way of life can come out of this awful pandemic, but it's going to take courage from us to be the church. We cannot retreat from the kingdoms of this world. We have to bear witness to the only kingdom that will have no end. We're going to have to reclaim our identity in the here and now, the identity we receive from Jesus' last words on earth, I am going to send you power from on high. And with this all-powerful death-defeating love with my love. You will bear witness to the kingdom of heaven in every square foot of New York City and to the ends of the earth. Come, Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.